Welcome to Full Court Press, and I'm Liam Griffin. Riley, entertaining series between the Dodgers and the Yankees. Oh, wait. They didn't make it. The team everyone had going in there, and I even had them in there way back in March, did they didn't make it. Isn't that sad? Liam, who finished last place in the AL East this year? Before we answer that question, I can tell you it's the Boston Red Sox. That's, um, all, I uh, That's all I need does, to say. It doesn't mean Jack unless you make... The World Series, and you didn't make the World oh. Series. Your season is just as much of a failure as ours. We got a better draft pick than you. And in our defense, once Eduardo Rodriguez got hurt, I knew we were done for, man. You were saying, you were saying all along, you guys are the best team in baseball. All right, boys and girls, back on the show today is man who's had a tough go of thing in terms of sports lately, except for his Lakers, Mr. Riley Wall. <laughs> The Lakers thing was a joke. You know he's a Warriors fan. On today's episode, the Pats embarrass themselves. Speculation about Trevor Lawrence's future arises. And Brady blows out Rodgers. We begin today discussing where things currently stand in the World Series. The Dodgers currently hold a 2-1 lead, picking up handy wins in Games 1 and 3, while the Rays took a nail-biter in Game 2. Tonight's Game 4 is a crucial one, as Julio Rios takes the mound for the Dodgers against Tampa Bay's Brian Yarbrough. Alright, Riley, after these three games... Looking ahead, what are your expectations for the series going forward? You know, the way Mookie Betts is playing, best, I think he's one of the best players in baseball right now, aside from Mike Trout. I think that series is almost over. I know it's only a 2-1 series lead. The Dodgers look to be the best team in baseball. And I said it back in the ALDS. The winner of that series went to the World Series. See, the Tampa Bay Rays made it. The Dodgers almost, almost got disappointed and lost to the Braves, but they snuck that one out. And I think they're coming off momentum. Bellinger started to heat up, which you see, and that is crucial. I think this series is almost over with the Dodgers taking it. Yeah. You really said it's almost over when it's 2-1? to one? After the Dodgers came back from 2-1? to one, After the Astros were one game away from coming back from 3 nothing? That's ludicrous to say. But to your point, Mookie Betts looks like the Dodgers paid. Everything the Dodgers gave up was worth it. And they didn't even give up enough. That trade is... That trade looks about... 100 times worse today, Riley Wall. And, you know, the thing about it is I understand that he was a penny free agent, but and the Red, the Red Sox reasoning, or the ownership's reasoning for trading him was they didn't want to pay for him. So you, the Red Sox, Red Sox owners, you can pay for Rusne Castillo over $10 million a year to warm the bench for guys like Chavis, Hauk, and <laughs> Balbeck while they were on their way up to the big leagues. You can pay Pablo Sandoval $15 million a year. You can pay Hanley Ramirez Twenty million a year. You can pay David Price over thirty million a year. He had one good season in Boston. That was it. But you can't pay Mookie Betts? Are you kidding me? That's that's ludicrous to me. But back on point, the Dodgers have looked really good over the, these past couple games. Harris has been lights out this postseason. I don't know if it'll be more like a bullpen type game. So that'd be interesting to see. But the Dodgers look really good right now, Riley. Yeah, definitely. And a little back on your Red Sox. Is trading Mookie Betts the new curse of the Bambino? We're going to see a it's little lo- bit. It's looking like it, because did you see that stat? Like, Mookie Betts did something in Game 1 that hadn't been done since Babe Ruth. Yeah, that's tough. I don't know what the Red Sox are looking at making that trade. The Dodgers clearly lucked out, and they keep proving year after year to be the best team in the NL. I think that they can finally win the World Series after what's been four years. They've lost the Astros a couple times, but I think this is finally their year. Tampa Bay Rays are going to be on top. It's going to be a great division next year, but series is almost over. Yeah, that, that division is going to be loaded next yeah. year. The Yankees, Rays, Toronto, 
Baltimore's getting better, and, and I potentially I, the Red Sox. Potentially the Red Sox getting Sale and Rodriguez back. Yeah, and real quick on the Yankees before I move on, Marcus Stroman. Could look at oh God, no way, no way. You have Garrett Cole, Tanaka who's always hit or miss, and Luis Severino coming back for Tommy Luis John. Luis Severino surgery, is not gonna good. Be, which is gonna be scary. He's supposed to come back around June. Tommy John, we know some people don't come back, and Chris Sale too. He's off Tommy John. Will he come back the same? Yeah, Chris Sale was actually good before he had Tommy John, yeah. though. Oh, okay, okay. So, like we said, it's an interesting series. We'll see how this plays out. But I got the Dodgers. Liam, a guy we've talked about a lot, a lot up here in Syracuse, especially Trevor Lawrence, who we had a face earlier today. It looked like Syracuse had a chance, but then Trevor Lawrence showed why he is the consensus number one pick in the 2021 NFL draft, or is he? As some some analysts have said, that if the New York Jets continue on the, this path they're on that he should consider stay at Clemson for a senior season. Liam, any way you can see Lawrence putting off the draft and stay in college for another year? Regardless, he shouldn't because there's always the injury risk. I mean, look at what happened with Matt Barkley. That's a prime example. He chose to stay at USC for his senior season. Everything went to waste. He was a consensus first-round pick in that draft. And then it all went down in flames. I don't even know if he's in the NFL anymore. And... I understand that the the Jets stink. They're they're an embarrassment of the franchise for the National Football League. But at the same time, if Trevor, you can see this is a great opportunity for Trevor Lawrence, one that Baker Mayfield had with the Cleveland Browns a few years ago. You get drafted by that team, and you pick them up to a to at least relevancy because they are irrelevant as he double hockey stick right now, Riley. So this it, this should and. God, I hope it is looked at as an opportunity for Lawrence to prove why he's the number one pick. Baker Mayfield did it his first year. He failed miserably last year. He failed miserably this past Sunday. But the jury's still out on that on him. I, I just think Trevor Lawrence is a generational talent. He contests number one pick already. He's been everyone has been looking for him to get drafted. Three years in a row he's done at Clemson. We'll see if this year he can lead his team once again to the college football playoffs. But the problem is, the Jets, it's not the team of the Jets. Yes, they really struggle. It's it's the ownership. It's the coaches. And I can see it. What about, remember what Eli Manning did way back in what, 2004, I think, when he was drafted, how he just refused to play for the Chargers? Could Trevor Lawrence do that? Or if the Jets know that Trevor Lawrence won't play for them, do you trade their one pick? Do you try to like rebuild your franchise through that? Because they do have a decent quarterback. I, I know he sees ghosts every now and then. But he, what are you going to trade for the no, What are you going to try and get back for the number one pick? I mean, you can start a franchise off later. Like, this could be another solid draft. You trade back to maybe 14 or so, something in that range. You get a couple other picks. A blockbuster trade could, and you just restart your franchise. Rather than starting at a quarterback after drafting Sam Darnold, what was it, three, two years ago? You can't, like, I, I think it can make sense. If the Jets are number one pick, Sam, or Trevor Lawrence is saying he's not going to go, you have Sam Darnold, trade back, restart your team, so just something along those lines, because it's not worth... I, I just don't think it's worth, like you said, Trevor Lawrence to stay in college. No, I, I, and I said I don't think it is either, but at the same time, it wouldn't surprise me. It would be something if he did stay. Last weekend, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers got off to a quick start in a big showdown in Tampa Bay, scoring 10 first-quarter points, but those were the only points they scored. Tom Brady and the Bucks, more on them later, scored the ensuing 38 points en route to a blowout win Hating the Packers their first loss of the season, Riley. So is this more about the Bucks destroying or the Packers getting destroyed? Packers getting destroyed. You said Tom Brady and the Bucks. How about the Bucks defense carried them? We, I, I don't. I, I'm still not sold on Tom Brady in, in uh, Tampa. 
I think that that game was Aaron Rodgers having an awful, awful game. Two picks. The Bucks defense returning one of them. Like I, I just see that as the Bucks beating the the Bucks defense beating Aaron Rodgers, not Tom Brady. Tom Brady still has not shown, has not had that dominant game yet. And you're right, he hasn't. And taking a look at the Green Bay Packers, man, they were just bad and then some this past weekend. They were 4-0 entering the week, but unless I'm mistaken, their schedule wasn't exactly what you'd call tough, Riley. And taking a look at who they've had, they've had the Vikings, the Lions, the Saints without Michael Thomas, and the Falcons going into that game. So their schedule has not been all too difficult. And then they get smoked by Tim Bay, kind of similar to what happened last year. Once they got matched up with against San Francisco who's the contentious number one team in the NFC last year, they got smacked. And this week they have the Houston Texans. If they So coming up on their schedule next, they've got Houston. They better win that game. They've got Minnesota, better win that game. And then they've got San Francisco again. And if I'm not mistaken, this game is in San Francisco. So that is a – so if the Packers don't win these next two games, they're in a heap of trouble when they go up against San Francisco. Yeah, and I think another thing, you look at how – the one thing about the Packers, you can say it, that doesn't necessarily make this loss all that bad. They're coming off a bye. Devontae Adams came back, and it just didn't look like Rodgers and Adams had their that chemistry. I saw a couple of passes just off. They just couldn't find that connection. You give Devontae Adams another week to get fully healthy, back on another rep in practice with Rodgers. I think this week coming up to be different. It'll be real if the if the Texans give the the Packers a fight. Uh, I think it's gonna be a little trouble in the NFC North. I think the Bears might actually have a chance, but right now. The Packers, I still think, are your favorite in the North. Can you give the same excuse to the Patriots for coming off the bye? Uh, well, that's just... Come on. I don't know. I really don't know. I mean... It's tough. I, I think... I, I, I'm still not selling the Patriots. I'll well, be honest. Neither am I. I think the Bills... Are the, it's finally the, it's the Bills' the chance bill, in the East. The Bills, are, the, Bills are not, the Bills are overrated, though. Yeah. Definitely. But, like I said, you're probably missing Tom Brady at this point, aren't you? With Cam Newton, that'll be tough. But going into expectations were high going into last weekend's showdown between the Browns and Steelers, but those expectations were shut down quickly as Pittsburgh's D primarily ran away with it. Baker Mayfield was terrible, Ben Roethlisberger amazing, and it was a thirty-eight to seven Steelers trouncing of Cleveland. Liam, you have faith in those Steelers? Not quite. Oof. Almost, but not. Quiet because, and I'll tell you why. Taking a look at the schedule, going into last week's game, they did not have the tough schedule, and I'm still not sold on the Browns, by the way. Sorry, Anthony. <laughs> going into their game against Cleveland, they were 4-0, and their wins were against the Giants, the Broncos, the Texans, and the Eagles by a combined margin of 31 points. Those are bad teams. The Giants, uh, well, maybe not the Broncos, but the Giants, Broncos, Texans, and I'm blanking on the last one. You're going to need help. Giants, Broncos, Texans, Eagles. Those four teams have a combined record of... Let's find out. Five wins. Six, 18, and one. Six, 18, and one. That's... It goes without saying that their strength of schedule is among the weakest in the NFL as of right now. Don't get me wrong. They looked good against Cleveland. They really did. But at the same time, as I said, I'm not sold. And the next two games to them, Tennessee, Baltimore, back-to-back weeks, 
It's time to find out if the Pittsburgh Steelers are legit. I think that we. I think it's established their defense is legit. Could you say it's a top defense in the league? Absolutely. There you go. Then I, I think Ben Roethlisberger, comeback player of the year, definitely a candidate for that. And he's got amazing targets right now with Juju and Chase Claypool, who came out of nowhere, but looks like he's really. Roethlisberger is really running the offense. Seems very comfortable in the pocket. Definitely is really just coming back. I, I think this week, like you said, I think winner this week proved because are you still in the Titans? That's the thing. Like, yes, they made the AFC Championship okay, last year. Okay, so Titans, we, we still like agree they're solid. They're going to be there. Derrick Henry, just it's Derrick Henry. Enough said. I think that the Steelers can beat or hang with the Titans at least. Even if they lose, you can't, don't jump off the bandwagon yet. I just think if they can put up a fight or obviously win that too, the Steelers will be the consensus number one team in the AFC. Winner of this is the number one team in the AFC, I'd say. I'm not sure. You would put Pittsburgh, if they win this game, if they beat over, the Titans. over Kansas City. Yes. Kansas City. Are you serious? Patrick Mahomes is really not looking that good this year. Coming off, I, I don't, I'm not, I don't know. <laughs> My jaw, I can't believe what you just said. I cannot believe, you, you, you did not really put the Pittsburgh Steelers over the Kansas City Chiefs. Some hot takes, but they gotta be sad. Very. I, I can't believe what you said, and but they've got two games coming up, so tough games coming up, so we're going to see. Definitely. Riley, the <laughs> NFC East might be the worst division we have ever seen in our lifetime, in all of sports, in our 18-plus years of life. It's so bad that critics are asking, does an NFC team, East team, even deserve to make the playoffs? The Eagles, after a one-point comeback win over the Giants, are 2-4-1. and one. The New York Giants are 1-6. The Washington football team is 1-5. The Dallas Cowboys are two and four, but critics would say they're masking Dak Prescott. Hot take: I personally think Andy yeah. Dalton is better, but that's a discussion for another time, Riley. So, with this all in mind, should an NFC East team make the playoffs this year? Definitely, I, I think they still deserve a spot. It's gonna be really painful to watch. If I think the Cowboys probably can come out, if Andy Dalton can find out how to pass, they will come out on top of the division. And I love the Cowboys, love them dearly. Watching that playoff game can be really tough. It. The fact that the, right now in the playoff picture that the New Orleans Saints are losing a spot to the uh, Philadelphia Eagles is pretty tough to see. Are you gonna, So if Dallas wins this week and the playoff picture doesn't change, are you going to say it's tough to see the Saints missing out on a playoff spot to the Cowboys? I will say that, yes. It, it's tough. Also, expanded playoff, it makes sense each division winner gets it. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. I mean, this is, this is ludicrous, Riley. Ludicrous. Absolutely ludicrous. I mean, you're talking about a team that has a shot at the Super Bowl when they're fully healthy in the New Orleans Saints. If they can figure whatever's going on out, on with Michael Thomas out, they have a shot at winning the Super Bowl this year. I guarantee it. You're going to take away a shot from a team like them for the Eagles, for the Cowboys? Are you for kidding me? For the too. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if they, if they beat Dallas this weekend, they, uh, they're, uh, right, they're only half the game out. Yeah. It's, it's, it's ridiculous to me. I... If an NFC East team wins the playoff game, I know this would have happened in 2021, but th- that would officially make 2020 the most hectic year of all time. <laughs> it probably already is, but even so, if an NFC East team were to make the playoffs and win, that would just cap it off, I mean, even though it'll be in 2021. It's ridiculous to me. The thought of a team without a winning record in any league making the playoffs. That's why I was so against Another reason why I was so against the Astros going as far as they did. They were sub-500 in the regular season. Yeah, and 
it, it's tough to see teams like this make the playoffs with a new playoff format. I think it's fair though because it keeps everyone in it. It would because if if you take away the, the Cowboys' chance of playoffs, what is that division playing for? A draft pick? It just ruins. It. I I don't know. I don't think you should reform the playoff format. Regardless, it's gonna be tough to watch the NFC East make it. And like I said, the Cowboys' miracle Super Bowl run. I hope it's still in the cards. We'll see what Andy Dalton can do. But I gotta be honest. I thought Antonio Brown was done. Antonio Brown was done. It didn't work out in New England. Where else was it gonna work? Now Tampa Bay's next try. Yesterday, the Buccaneers announced they were signing AB to a one-year deal, which strengthens an already extremely deep receiving core. Is it an understatement to say he has baggage, Liam? How long do you give Brown a chance at Tampa Bay? A month. Wow. At most. He's going to be out of Tampa Bay by Thanksgiving. And I'll tell you why. He's still in legal trouble even after he gets suspended. I can't imagine that. If, if, he, if he so much as even hovers over the line, he's gone. Really? I disagree that. And so Antonio Brown's reinstated, correct? Yes, absolutely. He's going to be reinstated. Can he play this week? Uh, no, he, he, can, he can't play until week nine. Until week Eight nine. weeks of okay. So I think regardless of Antonio Brown's antics, I think he knows the stakes here. He had issues in He New knew England. the stakes in he New had, England. He had issues with Gruden in Vegas. I, I just think at this point, it's new plays, Bruce Arians, old school coach. I think Tom Brady's going to... Get into Antonio Brown's here. You said old school coach. There's no coach that's more old school than Bill Belichick. <laughs> and it, last I checked, that was a failure. That was not, I think that was more a crap send than Belichick's end. Um, I, I, I think here, Antonio Brown is going to stick out to the playoffs. No. I, I think he's going to last longer than a month. I he, he's, he's, he's like the Kyrie Irving of the NFL. He's a cancer to a locker room. I, I agree with that. But you saw in, in Pittsburgh, he had just he didn't have any issues. He lasted a decent amount of time with Mike Tomlin. I think the difference here is what happened last year was he had certain off-field yeah, issues. Yeah, Kyrie Irving lasted for a good amount of time in Cleveland. Now he's the biggest diva in the NBA. Brooklyn is better off without him than they are with him. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. But we can agree, though, Antonio Brown and Kyrie Irving are superstars. Where they go, their on-field play speaks more than their off-field play. I think that... Antonio Brown hasn't played an NFL game in over a year. I think he's going to help the Patriots. It just depends on if Tom he's, Brady can get him the yeah, ball. Yeah, he's going to help the Patriots because oh, we're actually going to... I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It'll be an easy win against them if we end up playing them. Can Tom Brady get Antonio Brown the ball? He'll have to prove his arm. That's going to be the other thing. Is the, the worth of Antonio Brown in Tampa. Well, if it works out, if it works out, it won't be easy for secondaries to contain that receiving core. But do you know what is easy? Podcasting with Anchor. Okay, time to play contention. Fairly simple. We'll name an NFL team and tell you whether or not they're a contender or a pretender this year. We start off with my 2-3 and three New England Patriots, Riley. Contender or pretender? I think you're not going to say, Liam. Pretender. Oh, I know what you're going to say. I know. I, the AFC, both leagues are really strong this year, surprisingly. I know it's really early, and we have Rob's check the schedules. The AFC East... The Dolphins are even a dark horse right now, but the I think the Bills are solid lock to win it. No, I, they are not. I just think that the AFC is too strong. I don't think I think the Patriots are a pretender right now. The Bills' two losses have been to the top two teams in the AFC: Correct. the Titans and the Chiefs. Yes. Who are the and, Patriots' losses to? Uh, Kansas City, Seattle, Denver game. We were the Denver game is another story. We were coming off. Uh, we were you can't deny we were getting riled by COVID. We had only had two chances to practice the week leading up to the game. Why does that stop Bill Belichick? 
Probably could have spied on a couple of people's practices. Huh? huh? Should have spied the practices a bit more. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Bro. I wish we could. I wish we could have, Riley. So what do you think? Do you, uh, do you think they're pretenders? Going into week four, or going into the Denver game, I would have said contender because our two losses were two, two of the best Correct. teams in yes, the NFL. Yes, that's fair. But after the Denver game, I'm a little more hesitant. It's going to... Uh, so good. thus, I think the question is still very difficult to answer. I mean, taking a look at our upcoming schedule... When do we, we see, when do we see we've Buffalo? Got, we've got San Francisco this weekend. Then we got Buffalo next weekend. In Buffalo, that will be this. I, I cannot wait to get. I cannot. Saying. I cannot wait to play that game. How about this? Winner of that game wins the division. I agree. There. Yeah. I agree. So, winner of next week's Pats Bus game, Bills game, which I believe is in Buffalo. In fact, I hope it's in Buffalo. I want to go in there and crush them. That will determine whether or not the New England Patriots are a contender or a pretender. Right now, they're pretenders. Next up, five and one Chicago Bears, contender or pretender? Uh, this is tough because it really is. Max Kellerman's. Silly self said that they were they that their ceiling was the Super Bowl and to be honest I disagree there are better teams in the NFL so I'm gonna go with pretender I mean their wins have been against Detroit the Giants the Falcons which the, was a comeback comeback game too still the, they beat the Bucks that's a good win and they beat Carolina solid win but their loss was to the Colts look at who they got Ooh. they've got a yeah they've got a really tough three games coming up in the Rams. The Saints, the Titans, and then, and then, then it gets a little bit easy. They got the Packers later on. A little divisional two games play. against the Packers. They got a lot of divisional play at the end of the season. And that still looks like Week Twelve. I think they play the Packers. So we still have Week Twelve and Week Seventeen. So we have not seen the Packers yet in Chicago. I think the Bears are going to lose this week to the Rams, and I'll show their pretenders. I, I think agree. They'll, they'll make I they'll agree. make the playoffs, but I do not think they really have a chance. I think still think they're pretenders. I agree. They're kind of like the. Uh, Eagle or like the, I'm trying to think. Of, they're like when the seven and nine Seahawks made the playoffs. No one took them seriously. Yeah. Granted, they won a game, but still. Well, moving on to the four and two Indianapolis Colts, contender or pretender? I want to say that they're a contender right now. I think Philip Rivers is doing a great job. Uh, finally, under a new system, got out of uh, San Diego or Los Angeles, whichever you want to say. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, look at the wins again. Who the, who the Colts have beaten. We look, we have a win against, they lose the Jaguars, they beat the Vikings, not that great. Beat the Jets, solid. They did beat the Bears, though, which is not never an easy win right now. Lost to the Browns, beat the Bengals. I think what, kind of the same thing as the Bears, except out of the AFC, I think Phillip Rivers actually might have a chance to lead them kind of far. So right now, I'm going to put them as a contender. What, they do have a couple games coming up. We got Lions, Ravens, Titans, Packers, Titans again. That's going to be a rough go. We're... If you look, minus the Lions, you got Ravens, Titans, Packers, Titans. Those are some of the best teams in the NFL right now. I think if they can survive that, they're a contender. If they can't, pretender. What do you think? As of right now, they're a contender because, don't forget, they were getting smacked last week by the yeah. Cincinnati Bengals, yet they still came back to win the game. And that's what's making me put the Bears as pretenders and the Colts as contenders, is Phillip Rivers, the quarterback. Oh, yeah, I definitely. Mean, Mitchell Trubisky is a proven postseason quarterback, but... He's been inconsistent on and off throughout the regular season in his career. Phillip Rivers has always been at least solid. Nick Foles is starting in Chicago, I believe. I said Nick Foles. Oh, I thought you said Trubisky. Uh, did I say? If I did, Nick Foles. Trubisky is long gone Chicago. Nick Foles, as he should have had a couple weeks ago. Nick Foles has been inconsistent as a starter throughout his career. Granted, Definitely. he has risen up in the biggest moments we saw in the Super Bowl, yep. unfortunately. But at the same time, they look good, man. They look good. That's why I'm leaning towards the Miscontenders is... Philip Rivers. Definitely. 
Last one. Young Arizona Cardinals. Contender or pretender? <sighs> pretender. And I'll tell you really? why. All right. There are a lot. Or so they've had one good win against San Francisco. There are three wins of coming against three of the most pitiful teams in the NFL in Washington Football Club, the Jets, and the Cowboys. Oh. Three of the most pitiful clubs in the NFL. And you've got losses to Detroit, Carolina. And this week, Sunday Night Football, Seattle. More on that game later. I can't call them pretenders when they haven't beaten one of the truly elite teams in the NFL last year. Even before their injuries, San Francisco did not look too good. Yeah, Kyler, his arm, him and D-Hop having a good season. I think Kyler's a little like Lamar Jackson, runs it a little too much. He's got to stay in the pocket a bit more. Against the Cowboys, you call the Cowboys pitiful now, but when they still had Dak Prescott... That was going to be a really good game. I was looking forward to watching that game and seeing, because both teams are trying to prove themselves still. I agree with you. I think the Cardinals are still a pretender. They have to show themselves against the Seahawks. and that's a, Right now, a lot of teams have not shown themselves. So, we, I, like we saw, Cardinals, Colts, Bears. Pats. Pats, yeah, they all need to show themselves. If the Cardinals can beat the Seahawks, they're, does that put the, that tie, puts a one game back in the Seahawks, yeah. first in the division. They're still a wild card. I think the Cardinals become a Contender, but right now they're still pretenders. I, I agree. You couldn't have said it any better. Okay, yeah. time for the history lesson, boys and girls. Are we on a great achievement to the past in the coming week? 28 years ago today, October 24th, the Toronto Blue Jays took home the first of two consecutive World Series titles, defeating the Atlanta Braves in Game 6. Pat Borders, Roberto Alomar, Jeff Kent, who was on Survivor, and Joe Carter were some of the household names on that team. This current Blue Jays team, with guys like Bichette, Guerrero, Biggio, it's starting to show flashes of this team of yore. William, this is a fun one for you. Two years ago, Monday, October 26th, the longest game in World Series history took place between the Red Sox and the Dodgers. 18-inning, 7-hours and 20-minute game culminated with a Max Muncy walk-off home run to give the Dodgers the W. The only W they got in the series. How <laughs> wonderful. Nine years ago, Wednesday, October 28th, one night after winning the, one of the craziest games in history, the St. Louis Cardinals finished off the Texas Rangers, winning Game 7 6-2 for their 11th World Series title. David Freeze was named World Series MVP for providing the bottom of the ninth equalizer in Game 6 and walk-off home run that same game. One year ago, Friday, October 30th, the Washington Nationals, who were 19-31 in May of 2019, defeated the Houston Astros in Game 7 to win the first title in franchise history. Nationals had some of the best pitching out there with Scherzer, series MVP Steven Strasburg, and got time and hits throughout the series for guys like Anthony Rendon, Juan Soto, and Howie Kendrick. Okay, the show's almost over, so it's time for Who You Got. We start by discussing a big game in the Big Ten's opening slate tonight. As 18th ranked Michigan, Michigan travels to play 21st ranked Minnesota tonight at 7.30 Eastern on ABC. Big game in the early going, Riley. Who you got? Michigan. Harbaugh at Michigan. Going to roll with Michigan all day. Don't know a lot about that team yet. Got to look in their quarterbacks, see what they're doing. But I, I got to roll with Michigan. I disagree. I'm going with Minnesota. Wow. You want to know why? Yeah. Because time and time again, Jim Harbaugh has failed to lead his Michigan Wolverines into a big game like this one, especially on the road, and winning. He's, he's been nothing short of a disappointment during his tenure at Michigan. Nothing short. For that reason, I, I don't expect anything to change this year, Riley. So I'm going with Minnesota. Interesting enough, I, we'll see what time will I tell who's right, but uh, 
Max, Sunday Night Football, 820 on NBC, division clash between Russell Wilson, the Seahawks, and Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Liam, who comes out on top? Cardinals. I'm sorry, the Seahawks. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying a civil water. But the Seahawks are just the better team. That's the truth of the matter. I know they love to play in close games for some weird reason. This will be a close game, but Seattle's going to come out on top. Seahawks are going to play down in that competition each time. But I, I think... They really do. I, I think Kyler... I said earlier he's a mix of Lamar Jackson. But he also plays a little like Russell Wilson. Kind of that mobile QB. If he can stay more in the pocket, like Russell Wilson, he'll be a great QB down the road. But right now, tomorrow, I got Seahawks all the way. Russell Wilson. The last one, Monday Night Football at 8.15 Eastern on ESPN. In a sort of prove-your-legit type game for both yep, teams, Riley. Right. I'm sure you'd agree. Nick Foles and the Bears head to L.A. to battle Jared Goff and the Rams. Riley, big game. Who wins it? I got to go with Jared Goff and the Rams. I, It's the Bears. I'm sorry. I just don't think that Nick Foles is going to lead that team. He Undoubtedly, they're gonna, I think they're still a playoff team. I'm not going to say Nick Foles is a bad quarterback. Definitely an upgrade from Trubisky. I just think Jared Goff and the Rams are having a great season this year. They're just Jared Goff's showing who he really is a QB. Last year was a down year. He's back up this year. So I, I got to go with the Rams. Yeah, they've sort of rediscovered their identity, if you will. I mean, with everything that happened with Todd Gurley, it was time for a change. Daryl Henderson has been great there. And then you got the receivers, Cup and Robert Woods. And then Tyler Higbee has proven to be a great fit of tight end there. I think they're just, they've got too many weapons to open. For Chicago to handle, and they're just going to overpower them. For that reason, I've got the Rams. And mind you, I'm not, if I'm not wrong, Cooper Cup was out for the season last year. Is that correct? Uh, that sounds right, yeah. So that, that's another thing. Could have been Jared Goff just missing one of his targets. Might have had an off year. Full strength, they're back this year. Rams are going to take it tonight and keep on moving up forward. Well, folks, that's all we've got today. I'm Riley Wall. Once again, it was a pleasure, Liam. Thanks for having me today. I'm Liam Griffin. I'd like to thank Riley for being my guest today, and thank you for tuning in. Be sure to give this podcast a follow on Instagram at Podcast. And if you're interested in being a guest, please DM the podcast or contact me directly. Oh, we're also on Twitter now. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at Podcast. Please, please, please stay healthy, wash your hands, be safe, and be positive. And be sure to tune in next week for a spooky Halloween episode. We'll see you then.